0: What's it like when one of your friends on death row is led away to be executed? You have a prepaid call from William A. Cabrera, an inmate at the California State Prison San Quentin. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I had to be a different, complete guy, which is the guy who walked the walkways of San Quentin's death row without a gang, without a people of people around. He was just
1: me Soon after you went into to be on death row Welcome to Death Row Diaries. I am Matt Ralston, and today we have a special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself?
0: Hi, I'm Nisha, and I'm the host host of the Hot Garbage True Crime Edition podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, you hit me up on, I think, Instagram Mm -hmm. and uh, Facebook, which... Those accounts, if you guys don't know, are just at Death Row Diaries, and we have listener submitted questions that come in, and I wanted to have you on because you sent me so many interesting questions. Most people just send one or two, but you had a whole a whole big book of them, that, and they, and they were really interesting, and they were insightful questions, so I thought it'd be a good time to have you on. I guess I should say... Quickly, as an update to our listeners, Bill is being transferred out of San Quentin to a new prison. And while he's being processed, for lack of a better word, uh, he doesn't have access to a phone or anything. So we won't be recording until he is moved to a new prison. But, you know, I think this is a step in the right direction. Anyway, how did you hear about the podcast? When did you become a fan?
0: So, listening to your podcast I want to say probably I want to say three or four months now and I binge watch because you know I'm an actress and and I have a whole bunch of stuff I do but to pay my bills I actually you know do DoorDash and so I listen to podcasts all day while I do DoorDash so I binge watch uh, binge listen and I just happened to pull up oh I wanted to hear an episode about Stanley Tookie Williams and so I typed in his name and I seen Death Row Diaries and I clicked on that and it said the co-host is like really on death row and i was like huh i said i've never heard of that before like a podcast that has that so i started listening to it and literally like i was hooked like i'm so mad right now because i'm caught up so so i was like yeah I, I love your podcast it's so good you guys are awesome
1: oh thanks i like your podcast too so it was that Thank you. did that happen before or after you started recording your own true crime podcast
0: Um, Actually, it was after, because I think I started listening to you guys, I want to say, in February or March. Yeah, and my podcast launched December 1st.
1: Okay, cool, cool. How do you like doing DoorDash?
0: I love doing DoorDash, I mean, because it's just really chill, you know, and it pays the bills, because, you know, with acting, it's always like, you know, I could get a gig and get this big check, and then for a few months, I'll be sitting stagnant, and so DoorDash really fills in a lot of, you know, the... The pay, you know, a lot of the pay that I need, and on top of that, I'm in control of my own hours, so it gets a little addictive. Like I could be out there like 12 hours, seven days a week if I want to, because I, I like the bag, so <laughs> I get addicted to making money, so I can't stop.
1: You ever reach in one of the bags and take a fry or anything?
0: Oh heck no, no, I will never do that. That's my whole thing. Like I will never like do that. If you get me as your dasher, I'm like the the best dasher you ever gonna get. <laughs>
1: That's the answer I was hoping for. So <laughs> yeah, you. But yeah, DoorDash is really good and it's been paying the bills. Like, I thought about doing Lyft or Uber
0: too, but I don't want people in my car and I'm kind of scary, you know, from listening to all this truth crime and doing all this truth crime. I'm scared. So,
1: none, you know, you're sitting behind someone. So all you'd really have to do is spray them with some kind of drug that would incapacitate them. And, you know, then you could just take their car and. Right. so i can't answer some of the questions you had only bill can answer those but i want to do my best to answer uh the ones that that i can from my experience from talking to bill and i don't want to speculate too wildly or or really talk about things that i'm not too informed about however I don't actually mind doing that. I've never had a problem doing that. And hopefully I don't get fact-checked or called out by anyone. So I'm going to do my best. But, yeah, so why don't we just start with that?
0: Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, before we even get into it, I have, like, kind of a personal question for you. If it's too personal, then just let me know we can skip it. But I was going to tell you my story, but I want to know, have you ever went to jail for anything?
1: I have not. The closest I got was I was renting a bungalow in West Hollywood one time and the police knocked on my door and I answered it and said, how can I help you? And they said, do you have a girlfriend? And I said, well, I might have a couple. And (laughs) they put me in handcuffs and I said, what's going on? And they wouldn't tell me. And, uh... Someone said that and I, and I kept saying, "What is this about and And they wouldn't say anything which which is illegal by the way and mm-hmm. um I never figured out what was going on, but I know when I moved into that to that little guest house bungalow, when I got in there, there was a bunch of pornography which I threw into the garbage, and I think it actually belonged to the person that owned the place and they got really mad Uh, I think maybe they were actually in the movies and they um, I believe they actually called in like a false report that I had assaulted someone and yeah luckily it got sorted out I was just illegally sort of detained there for like an hour but anyway that was a a weird story what about yourself so this
0: is so funny so this was okay 2000. so i want to say in 2007 because i i used to be a kleptomaniac like if you know me i have completely changed and transformed my life i won't touch nothing now like i'm completely you know honest but i used to be a kleptomaniac so every time i would go in a store i had to just steal stuff you know and i would get away with it but there was one time i was in a walmart and i was just putting because my thing was i would go to the front and i would actually pay for something because for some reason in my mind i thought if i paid for something they wouldn't know that i was stealing which usually that worth so i'm going to exit the store and of course i get stopped and i get brought in that little room and the man was like he was like you know, I'm gonna be honest with you the only reason i put the camera on you was because i thought you were really pretty and he said i was following you around the store because he said like i I was thinking about like asking for your number or something but then I saw that you were stealing, and I had to say something. And I was like you ha-, I was thinking about something you had to say something. So I was like I guess pretty privileged don't work anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really wish with the night in jail over there.
1: <laughs> How so, are you going to get know. someone's number that way? Hey, I was following you around from <laughs> a security office on camera.
0: Right. I'm thinking, now I'm thinking, now I'll look back on it. I was, like, younger back then. I didn't know no better, because if it was me today, I would have had a lawsuit, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. So what happened?
0: I went to jail. So I went to jail overnight. I, I I never had a record, so I got out on my own recontinence, but I had to go to court, and I had to do community service because of that. Mm-hmm. So it was was not on my record or anything no more. Though It was just a misdemeanor. But after that, though, I can tell you, I never stole nothing else ever again in my entire life. So I'm actually kind of happy that happened because it changed me. And I never want to do that ever again or go to jail.
1: Were you stealing valuable items to resell or were you just stealing stuff for the thrill of it?
0: No, I was still for the thrill of it. I just had like a bunch of like makeup and just like stupid stuff. I think it was just a bunch of makeup, like cosmetic stuff. But that and can be
1: expensive, just, right?
0: yeah, yeah, so when they did my total, it came up to like three hundred and eighty something dollars.
1: Oh, that's not that you mean in one in one try, in one mission.
0: Yeah, in one mission. When I like when I got caught, and because afterwards they add all your stuff up, and they um, so I, it came up to like three hundred and eighty dollars. But this is why I say the system is not for the poor because you know they made me pay restitution on that, and my restitution was like twelve hundred or something dollars.
1: How is that calculated?
0: So. So they calculated like the $380 that I stole and then they charge you for like court fees and then there's like some kind of fees for it happening in the first place because that's your restitution. Then you have to pay to do your community service. So this is why kids, if you're listening out there, don't get in trouble because you're going to do community service and pick up trash on the freeway, but you're going to have to pay to do that. Hmm. Yeah, This system is not like for the poor at all. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I got, I had to go to court. I've had to go to court for a few just minor traffic tickets, which is insane that I would actually have to go to court and spend half a day, but no, mm-hmm. no choice. I mean, I'm talking for like running a stop sign or something very trivial.
0: Yeah, that's trivial.
1: And they're like, uh, do you want to work this off? I'm like, whoa, what country are we in here exactly? No, no, I don't want to work it off
0: see you were better off you
1: just paid the fine huh yeah but there's people in there and and this is LA County so I'll go to pay the fine and they're like well we're closed for lunch for two hours and there's people in there that and it's mostly minorities I noticed you know mostly mm-hmm. mostly Mexican folks in this case that couldn't you know couldn't get a lawyer to get out of this ridiculous appearance and and they're sitting there waiting for three hours just to pay their fine. You know, and, and they're usually I think working jobs where they're not getting covered for the whole day. So now they're missing a whole day of work just so they can right. pay um for so they can pay more money and it's like, you know, this is how you can really uh, put someone out on their ass, you know?
0: Right. That's BS right there.
1: So yeah, so you got it off your record and and you haven't gone back to. Uh, <laughs>
0: no, I'm I'm clean as like anything. Like I won't even do nothing. Hold I won't even. Yeah, I won't even look the wrong way. I'm just a law-abiding citizen now. <laughs>
1: that's kind of scary that the guy told you he was following you around on the camera. Because I feel like that's how we get into a scenario where he's like, "Well, maybe I don't call this in if you do something for me." You know what I mean? Why?
0: Right that's i'm so glad that i wasn't like in that kind of scenario because honestly it would have been just go ahead and take me to jail i'm fine god
1: unless the creepy security guy was you know maybe he was really strapping and he looked good in that rent-a-cop yeah. uniform
0: yeah if you, i mean <laughs> see you gotta be here saying if he looked it good it might have been a different system <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know how that situation would have played out if he really looked it good, but <laughs> he didn't. So I was able to, you know, keep myself respected. You know,
1: good, good. good.
0: Well, the other question, I so the first question I wanted to ask you um, is, I wanted to know because I listened to your Fairbanks Four podcast too, that Alaskan one, right? And it was really good, by the way.
1: Oh, thank you. We're uh, yeah. we're making that a TV show. You should be able to see it soon, but. Anyway, thanks. I appreciate that.
0: Oh, yeah. Congratulations on the TV show. And I was just like, you know, this is going to sound like a crazy question, but I was like, you know, the Eskimos are out there just cutting up. Am I being politically correct by saying Eskimos? Like, is that, like, really a thing when you guys are from Alaska?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what the people I know who are of that group usually call themselves. They call themselves Eskimos. Of course, there's different... Uh, groups of Eskimos in interior Alaska. They aren't native to interior Alaska, but the Eskimos from other parts of Alaska are usually Yupik or Inupiaq Eskimo. And again, that's what they call themselves. People from the lower 48 tend to think they're politically correct when they call them Inuits. However, that's a completely separate group of people that don't, live in Alaska, and that's really bastardizing what they actually are. And so when you try and be all PC and woke, it's pretty ironic because you actually, I wouldn't say it's insulting, but you just sound like you have no idea what you're talking about. So yeah, uh, Eskimos is fine.
0: Oh, okay. well, I was wondering because listening to the podcast and stuff, you know, you described a lot of places and like, I've never been to Alaska. I don't know much about Alaska and I always picture like igloos and that's where people live and stuff like that. So, but I didn't picture like any igloos when you were, you know, describing everything. So, can you have you ever been to an igloo? Is that just kind of like a myth or do people live in igloos out in Alaska?
1: I would say nobody lives in an igloo especially now they would melt. I mean, if you're in a tough spot, you can, uh, you know, if you're going to die from exposure to the cold, it would be beneficial to dig yourself a hole. Uh, and in fact, I've made many snow forts as a child out of, you know, bricks of snow, and it can be a good time. But if you're talking the communities way up north in alaska you know that are eskimo communities they live in houses just like anybody else
0: oh that's awesome well i'm gonna go to like i'm, I'm definitely gonna take a trip to alaska because I, I like to travel so that's the one place that's on my bucket list
1: yeah i would go in uh summertime may june july if i were you
0: Well, I had a question as far as, I don't know, like, how much you know, like, as far as, like, Kim Kardashian, like, she's a lawyer, well, she's studying to be a lawyer, and I think that she's doing a lot of good things for inmates. Do you think, have you and Bill just ever discussed, like, if you guys should reach out to her for her to maybe, you know, kind of speak on Bill's case, and maybe she could shine, like, a bigger light on the case?
1: Well, it took her three tries (laughs) to pass the test that is the equivalent to being a first-year law student and that was with a a whole posse of tutors so i don't see her becoming a lawyer ever but um yeah i don't know i guess i guess if we were able to we'd have to have her on the show but i just i don't know if i could really handle it um
0: yeah i know because i was just watching something like uh with the whole i don't know are you familiar with the richard blossom case because she spoke out about that and they, you know kind of halted his last accusation not just because of what she said but it's like i noticed that she's in a lot of the you know the big main cases
1: yeah i mean it's i guess it's good that she's occasionally using her platform for something other than um selling uh cheap chinese-made products but uh i don't know i i thought it was depressing that she actually could get a meeting at the white house and maybe the world is is just kind of what it is at this point but i think we can find a better spokesperson um maybe someone that's actually been dedicated to this for their whole life and works on these kind of things every day except for just occasionally but i don't know it's hard to criticize her although you know she is a uh, talentless whore
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no I feel it I feel it well the next thing I wanted to add so this one is a big one for me because it really kind of reaches out you know, for me, as far as like the health because, you know, like I know, like the health care in America can be kind of crap, especially for poor middle class people. And I know that a lot of people that have full time jobs and they don't have any health care just because they can't even afford to have that taken out their checks. So what is your opinion about the fact that a lot of times, I don't know if this is true, but they get better health care in prison than we get out here on the street a lot of times.
1: Yeah, huh? it was interesting learning that. From Bill how they have pretty much you know Dennis on call whenever they want and pretty much any any medical issue that they have uh, mm-hmm. can be taken care of I do wonder when it comes to specialists like how that works and I guess I've never really had that conversation with bill but I'm trying to think of a good example like I don't know some people are like uh, I'm having tendonitis in my elbow and and I'm assuming yeah. in prison, you put in a form that says, "Hey, can I see someone about this?" But they can't send you to the the guy in your neighborhood who's really good at this. The guy, you know, uh, it would I guess it'd probably be in Beverly Hills if you lived in Los Angeles. But yeah, you're probably not getting that level of treatment. But definitely for the basic stuff, yeah, it seems like they they're more covered than the average it, person i mean they're all covered right that's like how you used yeah. to hear about people that will commit a petty crime so they have a warm place to sleep and three meals yeah so, i mean i don't think anyone's like doing that to get access to health care but it is uh it is interesting that you know they're better covered i'm i wonder hmm Even with all the with the murders and stuff, I wonder if the lifespan in prison is maybe even equal to or greater than the lifespan outside of prison just because they all have their basic needs treated.
0: That's what I'm thinking, and especially like, what about? And I wonder, inmates that have cancer or heart disease or anything like that. Like you just said about a specialist, like do they bring in special oncologists and you know? Because like I know, like out on the street, somebody can have stage three or stage four cancer, and it'd be like, okay, well your insurance don't cover this. It's gonna either be out of the pocket or you know you just don't get it. But I wonder how that works in prison. Like if a specialized oncologist, obviously they don't have the money. To cover it, so are they just out of luck? Or I wonder how that works. Well, I
1: think they transfer them to you know special prisons for sick people, and then yeah, I think I mean, this would be a good question for Bill, but from uh-huh. my perspective, it seems like they're the basic care that they have is very good, you know. I mean, that they have, you know, I mean, if I got cancer, I'd probably just be assigned to some random doctor at the hospital who could be very good or not um yeah and it seems like that's pretty much what they have so because when i I mean when you're watching prison documentaries and stuff which i do Mm -hmm. you see a lot of old ass guys like guys that are like 90 years old and you know they always have glasses and their uh, their teeth sometimes look pretty good for what was was Yeah,
0: I was shocked to find out. So I could, we just covered Richard Ramirez on my podcast. You know he got his teeth fixed while he was on death row? Like his whole teeth was not rotted no more.
1: Uh, yeah, is <laughs> he had a whole makeover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like,
0: for what? That was crazy. But I, I was like, what? Because I know people out here that's been trying to get their teeth fixed, and they're having to go th- jump through so many hoops to even get their teeth fixed. yeah
1: yeah i mean definitely if you have like diabetes or whatever like a lot of people do i think you're totally taken care of in prison and i don't don't know a ton of destitute people but i know that there are people that don't have that option
0: Mm Hmm. well the other question i want to ask so like Do you think it's true? Like, let's say, let's say me and you are friends in prison, right? And like, let's say you have 20 years and I have 10 years and I'm about to get out. Like, is it true that like maybe you would try to do something to frame me or something so I'll stay in there longer? Do you think that's true?
1: If you have 10 years...
0: Yeah, like if I only if I have ten years and you have twenty years, right? But we're really close, and my date to get out is get you know is coming up, and you want me to stay in there. Oh, you know, so that true?
1: I have someone to hang out with, and maybe yeah. maybe some protection, even.
0: Yeah, do you think that's true? They be sabotaging people to where they don't get out. Because I have said like, if I ever went to prison, I'm not going to tell the truth about the date that I'm getting out. Because <laughs> I've always been scared of that.
1: Yeah, I bet you. I bet you it's not that common, but it does happen. I mean, I've heard stories of people who this girl and her best friend both apply to go to UCLA and the friend doesn't get in. So what does she do? She goes into her friend's house and and waits for the mail and steals the acceptance letter. And, oh,
0: that's, that's scandalous. So
1: that she's got to go to the, uh, I don't know, Cal State Chico with her friend. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of thing happens all the time inside and outside of prison.
0: That's an ass beating right there, though. For real. I would, I would scrape somebody for that. That's crazy.
1: I guess you could frame people for stuff, like plant stuff in there. In their cell or like slip a contraband substance into their pocket yeah. or something.
0: I've seen that on Orange is the New Black. I don't do you watch that show?
1: I haven't seen that show.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's about the women's prisons. It's pretty good. Check that out.
1: I I could see that happening in women's prisons more than male prisons.
0: Yeah. Well, I, the only thing I wanted to ask you was, so I read I read Bill's book, and I know you had read his book too, and the burning question that I have is, like, if, if you notice, like, after he got arrested and stuff, it doesn't really say, like, what happened to the girl. Like, do you know what happened to his girlfriend, and, like, did she stand by him after all this happened?
1: I don't believe so, and I don't want to comment too much on his personal life, but from my research she did a very short amount of time in a women's prison and proceeded to uh, get out and get a job and start a normal life and i don't think it's a secret that they haven't been in contact in some time i did find her on linkedin and oh really yeah she's just she's working a normal job i mean i guess there's a lot of people out there you know just just working uh i don't know the receptionist at your dentist office and you have no idea they were ever involved in a gruesome murder you know just someone selling you a car
0: right you never know huh that's why i'm like you never know anybody right
1: right (laughs) but i think maybe the prison system god damn these kids man i'm sorry but there's a (laughs) pool party going on and Oh no, you're good. Eh? They're just screaming, and normally I would not mind that. It's you know, it's cool that that kids are having a good time. But when you're recording, you know, it, it, you start hearing things that you would never notice, and you don't realize just how goddamn loud they are. Um, oh no, I feel it. <laughs> but do you think that that um, men and women, let's say they commit the same crime, let's say they both don't have a criminal background, do you think that they are treated equally in the justice system?
0: You know, that's a good question because I've listened to so many like podcasts and I feel like, I feel like it's on a case by case basis. I feel like some podcasts I listen to is like the woman and the man and get the same time but then in some podcasts I listen to and a lot of research that I've done is like the woman kind of gets out of it by either saying the man forced her to do it so most of the time no she gets less time because she'll say the man forced her to do it and all of a sudden it was I was abused and I I just I had to do it like most of the time that's the that's what they play a lot and so I find that a lot of times like she'll get out before the man does that that does happen a lot
1: yeah and you never really hear in terms of calls for equality, like everyone wants to talk about the gender pay gap and everything. And, and I respect all that. I really do. But mm-hmm. no one ever says we need more women in prison because it's 90 percent men. You know, and mm-hmm. everything's got to be equal. You don't hear that very often.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you know, and and that is, I mean, it's unfair because I feel like, and that that brings me to the segue to my next question. Like, as far as I feel like when two people does the exact same crime, I feel like it should be looked at the same way, no matter if it's a man, woman, what color you are. But I find that that doesn't happen. And I also find like I wanted to ask you, like, what is your opinion about snitching? Because I have a big opinion on snitching. And I'm like, what is your viewpoint on snitching? Because my opinion is like, let's say if me and you, like, we go and do a crime together, right? Well, me and you probably should get like the same amount of time. Like, both of us, we're not going to snitch, we're not going to say nothing on each other. And we both go to prison for 20 years. That's just what it is because we signed up to do that crime. But at the same time, though, if me and you, if you say, okay, Anisha, let's go rob this house, right? And then we both go in there and it turns out the people was at home. And then I'm like, oh, OK, well, we're just going to have to come back later. And then you shoot up everybody and, you know, we proceed to do the robbery. Should I not say something? Because I didn't sign up to do like a killing. I signed up to do a burglary. But yet I would be considered a snitch if I snitch on you. But am I supposed to take the, you know, the rap for the killings, too? Like, you know what I mean? That's the whole this whole snitching thing is crazy to me.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I wouldn't uh take the rap for anyone. I often wonder and I am a loyal person, but when people won't turn in someone who's a murderer, it's mm-hmm. like, man, you must be a really bad person. But what is the line? Maybe that's a oh. question for you. So, if I had a family member or a really trusted friend and mm-hmm. he was he was wanted for killing a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much I care about the person; I'm turning them in immediately. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. If he was, if he was wanted for doing a drug deal, I wouldn't turn him in because I don't see much of a, a victim there. Mm-hmm. But where does it? I mean, if he was wanted for stealing a car. I don't think I would turn him in. But if he was wanted for jacking a car at gunpoint, then I think I would. I just, you know what I mean? I guess I would just have to know the details of it. So I'd be like watching the news. You know, the guys, uh, you know, I'm harboring this fugitive on my couch. Like, all right. um, Yeah, so you're good. You can hide out here for a minute uh wait what's this about you pistol whipping the driver of the car all right uh i'm gonna go get some mcdonald's and uh while i'm out i'm gonna call the police and have you arrested so i don't know
0: why i guess it would depend
1: on what they did
0: yeah, I think it depends on that, too. And I feel like when, especially like like when two people commit a crime together, I would have to do a case-by-case basis to see, because like some people will want you to take all the charges and then they get to walk free. And then I'm not loyal if I don't do that. Like, how does that work? Like, I don't get it. But I'm like, I don't know. We either both do all the time or, you know what I mean, we're both going to go free. But it really depends on how close I am to you. And like you said, like what you did, too. You know, but I don't know, like, because I listened to your Sammy the Bull episode. So that's kind of what got me into the whole, like, what is the line? Because for me, maybe because I'm not part of the mob life. But for me, like, look at Ian, nobody was loyal to anybody. Like, you can get hit on you for any little thing, it seems like. So it's like, who am I being loyal to if I'm in the mob and I'm snitching? Because I don't want to do time for the rest of my life. I don't know. I'm confused.
1: Usually, isn't there a person that talks the other person into doing something there's pretty much one instigator and one person that's kind of following along so if Mm -hmm. uh i feel like if i was the guy following along i don't think i would be that guy but if we both got nabbed i think i'd be like look i just didn't have anything to do you should probably take a look at my friend here he does this all the time i'm just kind of like tagging along on this one yeah, arrest yeah. him, let me go. I'm never going to hang out with him again. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know, I think... You know what, that's true, because you're right, because even in like a lot of the stuff that I research, like couples that kill, there is always one that'll go to the extreme, and the other one's just like, they're there for the ride, kind of like.
1: Yeah, it's like the open marriage thing, right? There's like one person that wants to screw the entire city, And the other person's just like, well, yeah, me too. But really they're like, I don't really I'm not into this, but I just gotta do this to keep the person in my life, really.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, that's exactly what it is. You hit the nail on the head because honestly that that's funny. Yeah, it is like an open marriage. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I didn't even think about it like that.
1: Yeah, because I feel like usually the dynamic is the main guy in whatever plot they're doing you know he's the he's the cool guy in this in this you know in the situation in this small town in this little gang or whatever it is and then there's the guy that wants the approval of the other guy and he's you know he's going to be a gullible type of person mm
0: mm-hmm. Well, a major thing I wanted to ask you, because like listening to your podcast, I know your viewpoint on the death penalty and you're completely against it. But I want to know as far as like life with no parole sentences, like no matter if a kid under 18 does something, do you feel like they should automatically get life with no parole? Like, let's say i have heard of a 13 year old doing something. Do you think they should get life with no parole? Because I'm like, at that point, it's like, why are you even trying in your life? You know, isn't that discouraging?
1: yeah i guess it would depend on what it is so a lot of these school shooters are teenagers in the kind of 14 15 16 year old range right and Mm -hmm. they kill a bunch of people a bunch of kids in an elementary school or something i don't see why they should ever get out you know of course those are pretty rare as much as they they do happen they don't happen all the time so I'm trying to think of I get what you're saying, but I guess if a if a teenager is already like killing animals and yeah. you know, sexually is, mutilating their uh, classmates, I would say no, I, I really would. I don't think they should ever get out because I don't see how you ever rehabilitate that person. But are you talking about more like street crimes
0: yeah, like the so one-time kill like I'm trying to think, like for example, there was this, um, I don't know if you heard of him, we did we did a case on him, Napoleon Beasley, have you heard of that case before?
1: No, what happened?
0: so he was 17 years old and him and his friends went and carjacked you know a couple and he he killed the man and took the car and this was in Texas and so this was before they passed the law where minors couldn't get the death penalty and he was actually executed he was sentenced to death at 17 years old but um and Texas don't play around I guess he was only on death row for eight years before they killed him but a lot of people were saying well he was under 18 so should he have been rehabilitated you know was there because he was an honor student. Besides this, we nobody even knows what made him decide one day to just go out and you know steal a car and do all of that because he was an honor student. He was on a football team, so that that brought up a big question. And I was like, you know, I don't know because like I have teenagers, and I picture like if they were sentenced to like life with no parole or death, and I'm like, well, could they be rehabilitated? So that's a good question. I don't know. Can teenagers be rehabilitated?
1: So he was 17 years old and. Mm -hmm a good kid uh, by all accounts and was he with a group of other kids when they did this
0: yeah he was with two other he was with two other kids um well the actually the other two was older so i think one was 18 they were brothers so one was 18 and one was 20 and, uh, but supposedly it was his idea to go out there and steal the car because he was like, he wanted a Mercedes Benz and he was telling all his friends at school that he's going to be driving up in a Mercedes Benz. But the funny thing is after they did the crime, he couldn't even drive the car. He was trying to drive the car off and ended up wrecking the car. So <laughs> yeah. he could not even drive.
1: Yeah. I mean, that sounds in some ways similar to Bill's case, uh, you know, kind of the same age at that time and your brain isn't formed all the way and that just sounds like an impulsive pretty ridiculous and poorly thought out plan but I mean who knows why he wanted to do that he could have seen it in a movie he could have heard it in a song he could have just been having a hormonal meltdown but Uh I think for something like that at that age yeah he should do some time and I would say if he's able to you know come off as genuine in his remorse and understanding why you're not supposed to do that yeah I think the guy should probably get out at some point and live a normal life what do you think
0: yeah, I think so. I think because okay, eight years is long. I think maybe after twenty years, they they should revisit it because he was seventeen. So maybe by thirty seven, I don't think you know. I'm not all not not everybody is the same, but I feel like from seventeen to thirty seven, you probably should have grown by then and should have you know another chance as society. I think that I think so after I think after twenty years, it should at least be revisited.
1: Yeah, I agree i agree and unfortunately someone lost their life in that situation right but Mm -hmm. i I think when you're with a group of people i wonder if, if anyone's ever differentiated if he just did it by himself i might even feel quite a bit different about it but you know groups of guys Get together. And and even though you said it was his idea, I mean, he could have been trying to impress these other guys trying to trying to be a badass for a minute for some reason. And and just having that that phase, you know, like a lot of kids have that phase where I mean, that that could have been the phase you were having when you were shoplifting just for whatever reason. Right now, just going through this moment of rebellion. I mean, I had a friend here in L.A. Who's this really nice guy, and for some reason he got a black leather jacket and he just mm-hmm. turned into a huge asshole. To, really? Just for wearing the leather jacket. Oh, the he was like putting cigarettes out in people's houses and it was like, What's what? going on here? And I I think
0: that's crazy with the jacket was Like that's crazy.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I he must have seen some kind of movie. He he thought he was a gangster from the you know mid 1980s like he was rebel without a cause all of a sudden and i really think he was just maybe an easily influenced guy and it just lasted a short time but that that was just a moment he was having and uh, fortunately he didn't curb stomp anyone while he was wearing the jacket but Yeah, it's a, people go through weird phases when they're that age, you know?
0: Yeah, and how old was he when he got this jacket? Oh, like 38. Oh, (laughs) then I don't know what was going on with that. Well, I was going to ask, since we're talking about death row, like, this is a funny question I wanted to ask, because, well, it's funny, but it's not funny, because I was like, what do you think the conversation is, like, on death row the last days? Like, like you know how Bill always talks about, like, going out to the yard, and so I always wonder, so the death row, I mean, let's say your death date is, I don't know, what's today, Saturday? So let's say, like, it's on Friday, right? And let's say this guy goes out to the yard like on a Wednesday. He's talking to his friends like me. Sometimes I say stuff and I don't think about what I'm saying. So let's say if your death day is on Friday, I might be like, gosh, damn it. They're serving cheeseburgers on Sunday and I hate cheeseburgers. You know what I mean? And then I'll look at you like, damn, I forgot you ain't even going to be here on Sunday. Do you think that ever happens?
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Have you ever talked to someone or been in a situation where someone had just passed away even very unexpectedly and Um. you're very upset, but you don't sit around talking about, uh, what's the meaning of life and where, where do you think your spirit goes? From my experience, you're just like, well, uh, should we order some food? um, Maybe there's a game on because it's on everyone's mind, Mm -hmm. but you don't really talk about different things because, you know, to acknowledge it is no one's got anything really profound to say about it. So you kind of just carry on like everything's normal, even though, you know, it's not right.
0: Okay, so that makes sense. So then it would be okay for me to, like, talk about stuff like that because we don't want to just harp on the fact that this guy's about to die on Friday or Saturday
1: or whatever. Yeah, I think you want some normalcy. Like, yeah, I can remember, you know, going through uh, having a friend that passed away, and I didn't want to attend some kind of religious ceremony or have Mm -hmm. someone... Quote Bible verses to me or talk about Buddhism. I actually just wanted to go to a a restaurant and have a beer and just act like everything was normal for a while. To me, that was the most comforting thing., uh, yeah. so I imagine it might be like that, although when you've had that kind of time to prepare, the fact is that most of these guys are not very exceptional individuals. I'm sure there they are do. some people that have a whole treatise or manifesto or a lot of observations on the subject, but I think most of them, it's probably just outside of the subtext and the, this thing hanging over the whole situation, it's probably just more or less a normal day for them. That's my mm-hmm. guess. We, that'd be something to to ask Bill next time.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Well, speaking of the whole prison thing, what is your Because, like, what do you think about, if anybody's been in prison for more than five years, do you think that they've engaged in sex with another man? Because men have to have sex. So what do you think, like, about that? Do you think it's true that after a minute, you're just going to go ahead and have sex with another man?
1: (laughs) Um... i I have
0: a friend that said it's only i mean he's never been in prison but he was like it's only so much your hand can do after a minute
1: yeah well he might be kind of uh on the spectrum of someone who's not opposed to that kind of contact so Mm -hmm. i would say maybe because you know like kinsey had the whole you know, some people are kind of not gay at all. Some people are in the middle and some people mm-hmm. are full on gay, basically, is the best I could break it down. So I would say if you're in any way open to that, then sure, I'm sure it's going to happen eventually. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys that that's just not on the table for them whatsoever. But as far as percentage, I don't know. I would say. What do you think? I, I would go with maybe 40%. Yeah.
0: See, I was going, I thought like maybe 50%. Yeah.
1: Because
0: I was like, because there's so many men that's like, they're not gay at all. And I, they call it like gay for the stay. So as soon as they get out, like they would never look at another man again. But it's like, what we do in these walls is what we do in these walls, you know?
1: I don't know. Well, right. I tend yeah. to have kind of a fundamentalist approach. To the subject, which is once you've had sex with a guy, I think you're gay forever in that case. Well, I think a lot of psychopaths probably enjoy kind of dominating someone, right? So they're yeah. looking at it like, oh, I'm humiliating this guy um, because he's, you know, forced, forcing him to do these things. And I'm sure that does happen. And, and
0: yeah. Yeah, well. Like, okay, so pretend like I'm a man for the purpose of this next question, right? So let's say, just from talking to me and stuff like that, let's say I go to San Quentin, right? And you know how Bill, Bill kind of breaks down everything as far as, like, there's the drug dealers, there's the, with the puns, there's the, the gang members, the people that, like, you know, like, forces people to do stuff. Like, what kind of prisoner do you think I would be based on talking to me? Do you think I'll be running things? Do you think I'll be getting my ass beat? Like, what do you think?
1: I think you would get along with everyone. I don't think you'd be running things necessarily. I think you would do what you had to do to get by, but I don't think you would kind of take the opportunity to start committing more crimes. Um, yeah. I think you would what kind of... What
0: you? What do you think? What kind of prisoner would you be?
1: Well, in the real world... I If anyone gives me a hard time, it depends on who they are. If they're extremely deranged and violent, I just get away from them, run away, or uh, you know, just cower basically. If they're someone who I am not intimidated by, if they're just a regular person, then I just uh, I just act pretty aloof and just give a don't fuck with me kind of vibe. In prison, that wouldn't work unless it was. Uh, the prisons are mostly minorities, and you know I have kind of red hair, so I would be singled out a little bit if I were in prison in Finland. <clears throat> I, I think I'd be totally fine. But oh,
0: yeah, you fit in so good in Finland. <laughs> yeah, probably not because they're mostly redheads,
1: aren't they? Yeah, okay. yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of fair skin, but. In this case, the kind of prisoner I would be is keep my head down, don't bother anyone, don't risk getting involved in anything that could even give me an extra day in prison, you know, keep the record clean. What would that mean? I don't know. I think it would mean probably being cool with the white supremacist gang, or I'm sorry, the the Aryan Brotherhood gang. I wouldn't join the gang but i think i would kind of uh hang out with them make them laugh if i could just kind of just kind of be the the little bitch in the gang pretty much
0: yeah because i aren't say the biggest like kind of gang in prison to protect you know that's what I heard. They're one of the biggest gangs, right? Because I didn't even know what the Aryan like the Aryan Brotherhood was. I didn't really know until I did a podcast on it. And then I had some, like research. And my co-host Buddha was like, You never heard of the Aryan Brotherhood? And I was like, Oh, this gang is not this gang is not good at all.
1: No, no. I, I mean I think I'd pretty much do what Bill does, which is just be uh, an independent person. But yeah like when it comes to getting in like mma style fights it's not something i'm really willing to do so i'm just being really honest you know i'd like to say that i would just be like don't mess with me and if you do we're gonna have a problem but i wouldn't do that i would just sort of grovel with the nazis is what i'd probably do
0: Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, because I feel like what Bill does for me is amazing because the fact that he's been able to just kind of be the Lone Ranger, because that is hard to do because you need some kind of protection or something. Like, I think I would have to join a gang or something, too, because you need a a protection. Like, I I don't know. I feel like uh, without that, I feel like there would always be like a target on my back if I don't have some kind of protection or something from a gang.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, can't you – go to the administration and say i feel like i'm being threatened like i'm under threat but then they're just going to put you essentially in solitary and which i guess it sounds preferable until you're there um but then you'll start kind of having mental breakdowns and losing your senses Mm -hmm. and everything but Hmm. i don't know yeah i mean i'm not good at being alone really uh in in my you know in my real life outside of the hypothetical prison life i need to have mm. friends around i like to talk to people and i i get lonely so i don't think i do very well in solitary so man it's it's really a no-win situation but yeah
0: it's so hard <laughs> i
1: think i would just not get involved in stuff and just have kind of a loose allegiance with uh I guess it would have to be the white gang, and if I was black, it would be the black gang.
0: Well, that brings me to my next question, because like, I remember when you and Bill was talking about how there's a lot of, like, racial like, tension, like, you know, everybody kind of groups off into their own races, and then it brought me to my question of, as far as, like, roommates, because I know he was buying himself because he was on death row, but when you're, like, in the regular prison, if you have a roommate, I wonder, do they think about that? Do they put black with black, white with white? Because I think that would be really weird if there was some kind of, like, tension going on racially, or some kind of war broke out, and then you come in your room, and you're with a white guy or when you're with a black guy like you know what I mean like how does that work
1: I don't know I'm fascinated by the decision to let the prisoners or make the prisoners have roommates I think that's like it's not really discussed how insane that is and how insane I would go and possibly kill the guy in his sleep because you know I have a 2,000 foot house roughly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if i lived with another guy i didn't know i would want to fucking kill him even if he wasn't a weird prisoner guy if he was just a normal guy he would piss me off so much i would just be like why are you in the kitchen and now imagine
0: oh my god don't don't eat none of my food because that's a murder offense, right there. Like you didn't put that in the refrigerator, and you gonna take something out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'll be in prison that day.
1: And now imagine my house was—I don't know—thirty square feet and not two thousand. I guess it oh wouldn't be thirty God. square feet. That's ten by three, but a uh, hundred square feet. That's not even enough for. One person, you know, I couldn't live in a space that small and then put another person in there that I probably don't like. The stress of that is killing me. I can barely live with someone I do like.
0: Right. I was like, well, because that's my thing too, because I wouldn't be able to sleep. Because, you know, obviously these guys are not good guys. So you don't know. He might just have a bad day and decide to kill you in your sleep. You don't know what he's going to do.
1: Yeah. i don't know i guess it that originated i think because of overcrowding um mm. so they just put bunk beds in there but
0: didn't you guys cover the case i forgot his name where the dude was about to get out in a few months and his roommate killed him i forgot what was his name
1: I can't Cause remember.
0: He, cause, yeah, because I listened to that, all you guys, and I was like, that's crazy as hell. And the crazy thing they put to do, I think he, had, he was on death row at first. He got off death row, and then they moved him in, but they moved him with the guy that was fixing to get it out in a few months. Like, why would you do that? Like, they the prison system really just don't care.
1: Yeah, it, and I've talked to Bill about it because it does seem almost conspiratorial in a way. Like, Let's set up the worst possible situation, so these guys are just edgy, probably sleep deprived and angry and mm-hmm. and see what happens. But I do think it it's just an overcrowding issue, but um, you're right. you don't know the guy, but the odds are he's a weirdo and he's a murderer and and the odds are that the other person is too. and do you, how are those two people? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they're high conflict individuals. So yeah. so now you're sharing a tiny space with with two volatile people. I, I'm surprised oh. they don't just routinely like in boxing every once in a blue moon there's a double knockout. They, yeah. they both hit each other at the same time. I'm surprised they don't routinely just find the two guys completely dismembered each other and and they're both dead. I, I mean, Bill has said that the way to do it is to get to jobs during different uh, shifts. So Yeah, that so would be a cell. good
0: way. Because I'm like, when you're in that close proximity, anything... I mean, if you breathe too loud, I'm mad. Because it's just too much.
1: Oh, I totally agree. I remember I was maybe 22 years old and I was traveling... And I went to a hostel and I didn't know what a hostel was. I thought it was just a cheap hotel. And yeah. I got into the room and there were like 10 beds in the same room and people were sleeping in there. I oh, I was. Yeah. The, yeah, I was the last one to arrive. And I was like, what the hell? I don't even know these people. This is. <laughs> This is insane! I can't believe.
0: Oh that I'm, How did you make out? Like, did you kill? Like, did you beat anybody's ass? Did you deal with? It? <laughs>
1: they were already asleep, but I was just in this this big room with all these people I'd never seen before, and so I had walked into it while everyone was asleep, and so that was even weirder to me. I didn't sleep one minute. I was like, "That's the closest I'll ever get to prison," but. Again, I'm talking about a youth hostel and not sleeping in a locked room with a dangerous individual, but I still didn't sleep. And so I don't I don't understand it. I hope when Bill's re-sentenced he doesn't have a roommate because I know that he he had said that he's that was the thing he liked about Death Row. Yeah. is that they don't have roommates and I guess that the logic is the guys on death row are too dangerous for that.
0: Yeah, that's the logic, But I, mean, I feel like guys with life with no parole is too dangerous, too.
1: It seems but like an absolutely absurd thing to do. And I don't even mean in the the sense of being humane. I just mean the sense of that you don't want more conflict. And to me, um, that just seems like you're just stirring up conflict at that point.
0: I feel like it. Absolutely. Well, you know, like, so I don't know, like, so on our podcast, I know because you listen to our podcast, we always do the stupidest part of the crime, right? So my last question to you is, like, what is the stupidest way you ever heard of somebody getting caught for, for a crime? Well, me
1: personally...
0: Like anything be like on a podcast, anything you research,
1: anything. I can tell you one from from my own life when I was in eighth grade.
0: Ooh, it's going to be juicy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my friend, I shouldn't say his name, but my friend was a Mexican-American. So Mm -hmm. his, his parents were Mexican people from Los Angeles. So he was, but he had a Hispanic name is the point. I'll just say it was Dominguez. And we decided we needed to uh we needed a hose, but we couldn't afford a hose, and so we needed this hose to make a beer bong, right? But we mm-hmm. we didn't have a hose, and so we went and uh stole his neighbor's hose. Ac- oh. Actually by like <laughs> cutting it with a knife. Mhm. And then we heard his neighbor scream like, hey, what are you guys doing? And we ran away and we thought we had gotten away. However, this guy was wearing his youth league basketball jersey with his name on the back. (laughs) So when we turned and ran away, the guy saw the name and it was not a common name where I grew up. There weren't hardly any, you know, Hispanic people yeah mm-hmm. so it was pretty easy to uh find the phone book and call his parents at that point oh wow. he had that's his name cool. right there like if uh if lebron james robbed a gas station wearing his own jersey
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yep well i think I think for me, like the stupidest, I'm trying, because we go through a lot of stupidest parts of the crime, but I think that the stupidest, have you ever heard of the case of Yuloma Curry Walker?
1: No, tell me about it.
0: So, um, we covered her and basically she was this lady that married a firefighter. He was a good man, too. He took care of her kids. He bought her anything she wanted. Well, she was going behind his back and charging up his credit cards, right? And so then she got into, she was like, okay, before he finds out, she's going to have to kill him. Now, this is a good man. She decided to just kill him. So she hired her daughter's boyfriend, you know, to help kill him. So they shot him outside his house because, oh, he had a an hundred and something thousand dollar life insurance. She was like, well, I'll get the life insurance. You're going be able to pay off this debt. Well, they got caught up. And the stupidest part to me was that it turned out she wasn't even the beneficiary of the life insurance. He had left the life insurance to his ex-wife and his kids. So she killed the man for nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I I don't know how the law works, but can you take an insurance (laughs) policy out on someone without their signing off on it?
0: So, see, I'm not sure about that. I don't think so. I think you used to be able to, but I think because of stuff like this, I think they changed it to where now they you have to. They have to have knowledge of that.
1: I don't know if we like if we consume too much true crime, but to me, life insurance, just at this point to me, seems like a horrible idea, and I don't want any part of it.
0: Thank you. That's what I said, too. I mean, I have life insurance because I have kids and stuff like that, but for me personally, because I, I went over that, I feel like, doesn't it propose that we're more valuable dead than alive?
1: Yeah and a lot of times these are millions of dollars and you know if you don't really like your husband or wife and mm-hmm. and you're not even you never thought about killing anyone before but you're kind of like well I kind of want to kill him but uh I'm not sure but then if you if you put the incentive into well I kind of want to kill him and if I did I'd become a millionaire well then Man, that decision became quite a bit easier.
0: It did. It really did, because you changed a whole tax bracket in that one murder, right?
1: Yeah, although it seems like they're caught 99% of the time because they just go back and look at the records of all the shady stuff they were doing. And, you know, like everyone, well, people suspect the, uh, all right, you don't even have to be a detective. But if a spouse is killed, they suspect the other spouse right away is the first person they look at, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the other first thing they look at is why? And then they go, did they have an insurance policy? And then they say yes. And then it's pretty much wrapped up in a couple weeks usually.
0: Yeah, it really is. Especially because there's people that are stupid enough that will up the life insurance policy like a few months before they kill them. And I'm like, are you serious? What are you upping the life insurance for a few months before you kill him? That's so obvious.
1: They made a law in California. So it used to be if you were convicted of the murder, you would still keep the life insurance policy. Cause oh,
0: I didn't know that. the
1: two things were separate, right? Like That's crazy. You were still entitled to the... The settlement, even because the person died, it didn't matter why. It was that they they died. But someone, uh, whoever, whatever politician this was, deserves some credit that said, "Let's put a stop to this. No more. If you kill your husband or wife, you don't get to keep the money because they could get out. Who knows? They could get out in 15 years. Some of these times, you know, and then, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I don't want them having that." six, seven figure sum when they get out. You shouldn't be rewarded for these things.
0: That's crazy because I see that I didn't know. I thought it had always been a law that if you kill the person, you don't get it. That's crazy. They would let people keep their life insurance.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Screw that.
0: That is absolutely insane. But yeah, like I, I don't know. Like I mean honestly if you're like poor, middle class, whatever, you should have life insurance because, you know, how like are they gonna bury you or whatever they need to do, but then I'll be scared sometimes. I know my kids aren't gonna kill me. I hope not. <laughs> I don't know, that that uh that begs the question. I ask them sometimes, are you guys gonna kill me? <laughs>
1: Well, do you have to tell them, or what if something, you know, God forbid something happened? Doesn't someone just call them at that point? Do you you don't have to advertise it, do you? Well, I don't
0: know how that works, but I know. Uh- think anybody calls like I'm, I'm very close to my kids especially my daughter so yeah I did tell my daughter like who if anything happens who the life insurance policy and stuff is through because I've heard of cases where something will happen and you know the family don't know like okay this person has life insurance but like through who like for some reason nobody like calls the family the family has to call in so they can't like call every life insurance company to find out you know So I'm trying to make things as easy as possible. So I just told my kids, I don't think they're going to kill me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because the insurance companies are pretty shady. So if no one calls them, they probably won't even call and say, oh, we have a big check for you. They're just going to pretend like it never happened.
0: Yeah, that's exactly why. And I, you know, and I had thought that too. I was like, well, if something happens, they're going to call. And um I had a friend that her mom passed away and she went through that. Like she didn't know where to start looking. She don't know who was through. And so that's what made me. And she was like, always tell, you know, whoever, you know, is going to be in charge of that. Tell them who your life insurance is through. So I told my kids like who to look up and stuff like that.
1: Well, can you have, like, an envelope, like a manila folder that says open only if I die? Which makes you look kind of cool, like a badass, to have that anyway in the first place. And then, uh, oh, I
0: didn't even think about that. That's a good idea. Do you have one of those?
1: No, but I want to get one. Although, yeah. I think, it, you know, any girlfriend I had would simply steam open the envelope, look at it, and then oh, reseal no. it. That's yeah,
0: what gonna
1: ask, who's the beneficiary on your life insurance? Nobody, <laughs> as far as I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody.
1: Yeah, so my my lifespan just increased by virtue of not having a <laughs> life insurance policy. Ironically enough. That's
0: uh, amazing.
1: <laughs> well, this has been fun. What's the name of <laughs> your podcast again for the listeners?
0: yes my podcast is hot garbage true crime edition and it's on spotify it's on apple anywhere that you can listen to podcasts and then follow us also on instagram at hot garbage show and facebook join the discussion group at hot garbage show and i have a tiktok so author nisha is on tiktok because i'm an author too
1: author nisha
0: Uh uh-huh and it's n-i-s-h-a people be trying to put an e in my name there's no e in my name it's n as in nancy i-s-h-a
1: well it's been interesting and we'll have to do this again sometime until then
0: please thank you so much for having me matt i'm so thank you so so much
1: of course i've been matt ralston
0: and i'm nisha
1: and let's see how does how does bill do this uh
0: Oh, uh, stay safe. Stay aware of your surroundings because your life could depend on it.
1: Perfect. See you next time.